and welcome back to the Weekly Rundown presented by the Minnesota Daily. I'm your host, Paul Hodowanik, and the biggest sports topic on campus right now is no doubt the Gophers basketball team as they've taken a complete nosedive since we've really checked in on them fully about a month ago. So we're going to check back in with them, just see, take the temperature of the team right now. So to do that and to talk about why they've struggled and what the Gophers will do moving forward, we have our men's basketball reporter, Nick Youngheim, in studio how are we doing today, Nick? We're doing pretty good. All right. Make sure to check out Nick's work on mndaily.com or pick up a paper at any campus building. All right. So I just want to start with a brief overview of what the team kind of looks or what the team has done recently. Uh, Nick had a good article about this that came out this morning on it about all the close calls they've had. But another one happened last night. Indiana lost by five. Before that, they lost to Wisconsin by two. Maryland by one. Beat up on Northwestern pretty good, which they needed. And then before that, lost to Indiana again. That one at home. Lost to Iowa. Lost to Penn State. Beat Wisconsin, who suddenly is in first place in the Big Ten. Suddenly that happened. Uh, And even going back farther than that, they beat or they lost to Illinois by eight. Lost to Michigan State uh, by quite a few. So that's the last really month plus of their games. And that's a lot of games that they lost by not that many points, and that's kind of been the story, I think, of the Gophers' downfall is so many chances. When you look at those teams, Indiana's a tournament team, Wisconsin's a tournament team, Maryland's a tournament team, Iowa's a tournament team, Penn State's a tournament team, Illinois, Michigan State, both those are tournament teams. So they definitely haven't had the easiest go of it, and I'm not sure at the beginning of the year we would have expected them to do much better than that, but I think the expectations kind of were raised throughout the season as we saw what they might be able to do. So coming back to those close games, why are they losing those? Well, it comes back mostly to that. It's a pretty young team, and a lot of times in general teams, no matter what the sport, have to find a way to win games, learn how to close out those situations. But um, the main tangible reason would have to be free throw shooting of late. Um, I think before the Indiana game, Marcus Fuller had an sh- article in the Star Tribune about it, and I, the number, I believe, was 56.3% in their past five games, of which they lost four at that point. So they were shooting 56.3% before the Indiana game, and I think they shot 8 of 14 against Indiana. So that's also a lot of points left there, so... Free throws are crucial, and it's been something this team struggled with these last two years. At the end of game situations, they don't really have a guy who they can count on to knock those baskets down. And then there have also been games where turnovers are an issue against Iowa when they didn't score in the last almost five and a half minutes. They had five or six turnovers in that period. So the things you have to do to lock down a game, the Gophers haven't really done. Yeah, and... The free throws, I think, are the most obvious thing, the thing that people look at the most, just because they're so, they're just so there. I mean, people are always, in any level, people expect to make free throws. So at the college level, you're expecting them to make those most of the time. And when they're at 50%, under 50%, that's really, that's really troubling. But I think the turnovers was a good point to mention because there's sometimes where they're like one in eight or one for eight in the last few minutes. So it's not just the free throws. It's turning the ball over. It's not getting good shot attempts. The Star Tribune had another article about Oturu not getting the ball late in games. So I guess my question to you is where does the blame lie? Is it on the players? Is it on Patino? You know, 
I don't know who you blame free throws on, but I think certainly it should go to everyone. But maybe it's some of those other things. Is it Patino not drawing something up? What What's your take on that? Yeah, you could. There's plenty of blame to go around for it. I think it has to start at the top with Patino. Um, you know, there have been some situations where maybe the lineup hasn't been quite right, or some of the tactics late in the game, the plays they've drawn up haven't been the best. But then, you know, players also deserve, you know, some of the blame. They're, they could be more poised. You have to hit your free throws. There's not much you can do about that. So you can't really point to any one thing, and especially when you've had as many close losses as they've had. There have been different situations. So it's a little bit on everybody, but, you know, I, I don't think there there's necessarily been one thing that you can pin all these losses on. So at this point, what's what's the mood of the team? I mean, they had those real tournament aspirations. They were on the bubble. They were in there for a while, seemed pretty good, and then they've fallen off. Is the team disheveled? Are they still believing in themselves? Where where do they fall on that in that kind of ranking right now? All indications seem to be that they're still motivated to go out and win, but you can tell that obviously these losses have got to be tough on the guys to go from last time. I talked to you about this on this podcast. We were saying the Gophers have the opportunities to get the wins to go to the NCAA tournament, and they definitely did. They just didn't take advantage of those situations. So a few of those games go differently. We could be having a completely different discussion about how far this team can go in March. But as of right now, it seems like they're their only hope. And in college basketball, you always have the hope to win your conference tournament, but they're now slated in as the 12th seed after the loss against Indiana on Wednesday. So winning five games in five days at the Big Ten tournament is obviously a long shot. And even to make the NIT at this point, they would have to win their last regular season game and three games in the Big Ten tournament. So pro season hopes at this point are pretty much just a just a long shot. Yeah, I was looking at the bracket right now. If the season ended, I believe it would be Nebraska. Then it would be Penn State, who they've had a couple close battles with, but fallen, uh, Illinois, and then Wisconsin. So that's a pretty – and then you'd get to the championship at that point. So pretty tough road for them. The The thing is, fans can get a little bit of hope because they've kind of played all those teams close. They've played pretty much everyone in the Big Ten pretty close. So there's going to be that hope. But until they show that they can hit free throws at the end – that they can drop a good out-of-bounds play when they need to just get the ball out to someone. They've struggled with that a little bit. When they know where they're going in the final minutes, I don't think there's going to be much of a chance that they go very far. And barring that that miracle run into the Big Ten Championship where they ultimately win, I think everything once they lose is going to be about Patino. kind of feels like the fan base, at least from my Twitter feed, is very fed up. With Patino, I, I think last year was kind of trending that way, and then they did hit this this run where they beat Purdue a couple times, and they made him they made a move in the Big Ten tournament, and then he was there, and he got the extension, and everything was happy, and everything was forgotten. And I'm sure Patino is going to point to all those close games and say, "We just needed guys to hit free throws. We're not that far away. We got to keep consistency." But I think fans aren't don't want to hear that. They don't want to they don't want to hear same old, same old, and so. That's kind of gonna. That's the bubbling frustration. Has Patino talked at all about his job? Has he been asked all about at all about his job and where he where he lies on if he could be here next year? Yeah, I I think the thought has definitely creeped into his head about 
maybe not being invited back, so to say. But um, as of right now, he says he's confident that he'll return. But above all else, he's focused on ending out this season. But, I mean, he's been asked about it in interviews and, you know, usually after losses. So he hasn't been in the best moods in those situations. But, you know, I think that he he's definitely had the thought in his mind, but as of right now, he seems to believe that he's still in the in this job for the long run, and he'll return next year. But we have not heard anything official from the Gophers indicating they're leaning one way or the other. And from the players, all is you know everyone. There's no one quitting on him. You know, I don't like sometimes you hear that when teams are falling off the edge and kind of nose diving. Do the players feel positively about Patino? Yeah, I think they do. All indication, again, are that the players are still practicing hard. They're bought in. I think Patino is well-liked amongst his players, so I would not think that that is an issue that would weigh into it. The team seems to like Patino and the coaching staff, and I don't think by any means they've given up on him. Yeah, and I think it's important that to note that Coyle is not afraid to make some of these decisions to – get rid of some stagnant coaches. Uh, they did it in hockey. They did it in football, and both those have gone well for well for the Gophers. And I think maybe usually they don't work out that well, and so maybe fans are kind of in a perspective. Like, we saw the football team turn it around and become a top team. We're seeing the hockey team challenge for the Big Ten after they've been stagnant. Do you think the success of those coaches are kind of putting pressure on either Coyle or putting pressure on Patino to do better just because expectations have risen? Yeah, I I think that's a good point. Um, After this season, in all likelihood, the Gophers don't make the NCAA tournament. That'll be five times in seven years under Patino, which for a Big Ten team isn't good enough. Um, So, yeah, I think that that's definitely a thought that a lot of fans have had, especially you see as quickly as the football teams turned it around. I think if you were to let go of Patino – Probably next year the team would take a step back, but um, long term I think fans have seen what P.J. Fleck has done with football, what Bob Motzko has done with men's hockey, and they want that for the basketball team as well. Yeah, and I think there it's just the question of do you kind of stick with it because, you know, who are you going to get that's better? Patino's done a good job bringing in some talent. I think no one is happy in Minnesota when a Minnesota kid goes – anywhere else, especially Wisconsin, like so many have gone. And that might not be his fault. There's definitely some people he's missed on that maybe we could have had that have gone on Minnesota products that have done well. Uh, but he developed Oturu into a guy that did really well this year. I think you have to give him some credit with Coffee and Murphy. Both those guys are on the outskirts of a roster. So he has developed some people. I just don't think people are going to be happy when you're losing those guys to Wisconsin and seeing them produce and whether that's fair or not, that's going to kind of be a mark against him as well. All right, now, so I want to shift, regardless of if Patino's back, I want to give a little outlook for next year because, we, as we've kind of hinted at, NIT is probably the best-case scenario for them. The latest bracket, NIT bracketology that I looked up today had them in there. So we'll see. Uh, they're still 7-12 and 12 in the Big Ten Conference, which when there's so many teams in it, that's not that bad, but when you – have all the non-conference losses that you do. The record doesn't look good. Anything under 500 when you're a Power 5 con- team in a in basketball doesn't look great. So 
back to the outlook for next year. Notable departures. You're not losing seniors this year, really. Uh, you're losing Alejandro Demir, which has been he's been a nice piece the towards the end of this year. Michael Hurt and Brady Rudrud. So there's not a lot of production they have to really fill in for those seniors. But the big big question is Oturu. He's only a sophomore. He could come back for next year. But my question is, why would he stay? It seems like the NBA just wants guys that are younger. They're looking down on people that stay junior, senior year because they're just older, less time for them to mature and everything like that. And Oturu seems to be having the best season that he could probably have. Why would he stay? Well, I I think you said it well. There's not really anywhere else to go if you're Daniel Oturu in terms of statistical output you're already averaging over 20 points and 10 rebounds a game so to come back brings with it a lot of risk there's always you know the injury possibility which nobody likes to think about but then there's could be a statistical drop off there's no guarantee that even with an extra year you could improve on this season so I think the only reason to stay that I can really think of is if he truly enjoys his time at Minnesota um, playing college basketball, which I think that he does. And he also is very good friends with a lot of his teammates, notably Gabe Kalsher and Jarvis Omersa, who he goes way back with to AAU ball. He kind of convinced those two to come along with him to Minnesota when he committed. But um, that that's really the only thing I think that at this point, I've seen different mock drafts with Oturu ranging from a lottery pick to early second round. So um, even if he doesn't get drafted maybe top 10, it seems like he'd still be in a good position to make an NBA roster next year. And, you know, that brings with it a lot of money and finances obviously are going to be a big decision. So I think that, you know, in all likelihood, he would leave for the NBA, which would leave a big hole in the front court for Minnesota. Yeah, it feels like he's kind of been, he used this year to kind of gear up for it. Um, He obviously got a lot better shooting the three. That seemed like a priority for him. That's definitely something the NBA wants. I guess maybe he'd want to bulk up a little bit. You know, he's 6'10", 240, but getting up there a little bit just to continue to get some size. But I think when you're a big man, primarily going to work down low. Obviously, he has that shot. I think you just got to go when you have those numbers because that's what's going to draw the team in because it's it's not going to be the fact that he's going to be some spacer. Like He can shoot him to keep people honest, but that's not going to be where he's going to make his money. And we saw it with Coffee. I think he just had to capitalize on the opportunity. He talked so much about bringing the Gophers program back into prominence, and he was going to stay for a long time. And he stayed for three years, and he did a lot of good things, but when he had that shot, he had to bolt. And that was just... You know, he didn't even really, he was on the outskirts of maybe getting drafted. Oturu was going to get drafted. So if I'm a Minnesota fan trying to hold on hope, I I would find a way to start coping with the fact that he's probably not going to be here uh, next year. So transitioning to what the team would look like next year, I wanted to give everyone a little preview on the recruits they have coming in. So this is definitely could change based on if Patino's here, all these guys committed thinking that Patino is going to be here. Uh, so that's Jamal Ma- Mashburn uh, Jr. He is uh, from New Hampshire, I believe. Uh, really nice prospect. He's a combo guard. Really looks like a good a good player for them. And then Martise Mitchell. Those are the only two that they have committed right now. He's a center, her power forward center. Uh, and they're hoping to get, right now, 
one of the top targets they've got is Kerwin Walton from Hopkins. Uh, maybe some of the local guys can try to work that connection a little bit, but he has not committed yet. I would assume at hit at this point he would probably wait to see what ha- it's, what's going to happen with Patino. I don't think you'd want to commit now with so much uncertainty, and so many other teams are after him as well. I think Arizona, North Carolina, Iowa State, Ohio State, so this season probably hasn't helped him much in hit, wanting to come here. So that's just a little bit of the outlook of who's going to come in. It looks like there's going to be another guard, another forward. Um, what do you see as the big storylines heading into next season? Well, assuming Oturu leaves, it's going to be solidifying that front court, which could happen in any number of ways. They very likely could add a grad transfer there at that spot because without Oturu, you're looking at that five position and you could have Eric Curry play there, but injuries have been such a such a lagging or nagging issue for him that you know I don't know how solid they would feel. I know they like Eric Curry a lot, but what he can do physically remains to be seen. If he can get back to that freshman form, and then this season they've been playing Omerso a lot at the uh, at the five, which he's very undersized for that position. And we saw Indiana on Wednesday go at him a lot, so. I think they would need another option there. And, uh, you know, they have um, Matrice Mitchell coming in who um, is kind of a center, but he's also he's said that he wants to play a little more of like a wing power forward sort of position. Um, so we'll, we'll see if they would play him at the five. But, yeah, I think that him and also Mashburn, I think both of those freshmen could see significant minutes next year. Um, but, yeah, if – Patino does leave, I think then you got to wonder whether those two will stay committed because I know Mashburn in particular, he was um, good family friends with uh, Patino because Rick Patino coached his dad back when Rick Patino was at Kentucky. So that family tie was a big reason that Mashburn committed to Minnesota. So that's another consideration you have with Patino is if you lose him, do you lose those recruits? And there has been a lot of talk about the Minnesota recruits and really strong in-state recruiting class this year that Minnesota hasn't capitalized on. But also right now they're seventh in the Big Ten in recruiting, which isn't horrible. They have two four-star recruits locked in. So, you know, they're not near the bottom of the league by any means. They're just not necessarily near the top. Yeah, Mashburn, according to 247, is the 90th ranked national prospect. So in that top 100 12th at his position and uh, Martise Mitchell is 142nd so it's pretty good Kerwin Walton's right on that edge they have him at 99 so if they were able to get him that's a pretty good recruiting class and yeah the the question really is what they do with Oturu Mitchell's only 190 pounds so if he has any future starting at center it's not going to be next year unless he puts on significant weight Curry's there you never know about his health. Like you said, Sam Freeman seems like he's a long way from being a productive player. So that is going to be the question. The one bright side is they got a lot coming back and with their guards. They have Kausher, they have Carr, they have Trey Williams, they have Peyton Willis. All those guys come back. They've got another year of Brian Greenlee, you know, just progressing. So they got some people there, and it's definitely going to continue to be a a shooting team, uh, Enan's probably going to have to step up a little bit more, and I wanted to ask you specifically about him because it feels like towards the end of the season, everyone's kind of taking a nosedive. He seems to kind of be a bright spot. What what have you seen from him? What have people been saying about him and 
how we project him going forward. Yeah, he's somebody that I think a lot of people have been waiting on because coming into the year, he was a really intriguing prospect, his combination of skill and size. And, you know, the first game of the year, he was injured. We didn't get to see him, so he missed that first game, and then it seemed like he was always kind of fighting an uphill battle to get minutes in the lineup. But um, he's come along very nicely. Um, You know, they just needed to develop him is what – the word was and it looks like they're doing a good job he's been knocking down corner threes he's been pulling down offensive rebounds he's got great length and there have just been a few mistakes that he's made maybe a couple turnovers he had a defensive lapse at the end of the Wisconsin game that gave up a crucial bucket but for a freshman who hasn't played much throughout the year the way he's played these last couple games has been impressive and I think it's very encouraging it is encouraging because I remember when he came in I don't remember him being advertised as a big three-point threat. I think he came in as he's this athletic international guy. He's going to be able to make some plays. And I've been I've been pleasantly surprised with him. And I think, I guess the other big thing is just what happens to Kalsher. You know, he had such a good freshman year, and he's just been really inconsistent this year. And so another year, if he's with Patino, another year in his system, if they can just unlock him a little bit more. Because it seemed like after the freshman year, he was kind of going to be we didn't know that O'Toole was going to have this breakout season, so Kausher was one of those guys, like, he might be the focal point of the team, and it just, he was relegated to kind of a third option, and at that point then, I don't think he was comfortable, like, in the role that he had, and sometimes he was even kind of behind who you'd want shooting the ball, behind Willis, sometimes about behind Trey Williams even. So it's been it's been interesting, and he's kind of going to be a guy that you're going to look for going forward. And the one thing I just would note is with this team coming back, it just feels like they need a piece like, they got a lot of solid role players, that guys that can play in the Big Ten, but they need that Oturu. They need someone they can give the ball to, and I just don't know if they have that yet. Yeah, it's exactly right. In terms of Kalsher, it's kind of head-scratching where he gets open looks still. He hasn't been taking too many bad shots, and they just haven't gone in consistently for him. So I've got to think it's more of a confidence thing because he was – the third option last year as well with Murphy and Coffee, So he was used to not being the focal point. And last year he was a very consistent shooter, whereas this year it's been a lot more streaky. There have been games where he's really showed up, but for the most part in the Big Ten play late in the season, he hasn't been able to knock down shots. He's had nights where he's been almost invisible in the offense. So um, that's definitely something that, He's going to have to work on in the offseason, getting his confidence back up. But, you know, I, I think that with a shooter especially, we know what he's capable of. So I I would expect him to have a more productive year next year, and hopefully, um, you know, he'll be able to figure out a way to get his shots to fall and probably work himself back into one of the more uh, focal points of the offense. But, yeah, I, I think I agree with your assessment that they need – somebody who, like Oturu did this year, to step up and become you know, something more than just a role player to be, become somebody who's really among the best players in the Big Ten. Yeah, and maybe that can be Marcus Carr, you know, taking on like a Nate Mason role that they had a couple years ago. I think he showed flashes of that in games where he's being able to dominate, but again, he hasn't been a consistent force either. He's had his turnover issues and just shot inconsistencies, so that'll be... Interesting to watch, and Nick will have your coverage the rest of the way. If they somehow make a miraculous run, Nick will be with you 
the whole time to give you updates and to up everything that's happening in Gopher basketball land. And Nick, I thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Paul. Always a pleasure. In other news, the men's hockey team enters the Big Ten tournament this weekend as the four seed. They could have been as high as the number one, but faltered in their final series against Michigan. Still, they'll play host for the quarterfinals, taking on Notre Dame in a best two out of three series that begins Friday. The women's hockey team cleared their first hurdle in the quest to take back the WCHA crown, downing St. Cloud State twice last weekend. It will be a busy weekend this weekend on campus as the team hosts the WCHA final faceoff. The Gophers will play Ohio State on Saturday, and if they win, they'll play in the championship on Sunday. The wrestling team will wrestle in the Big Ten Championships in New Jersey this weekend. The team will look to compete well as the wrestlers who qualify will compete at U.S. Bank Stadium for the NCAA Championships later this month. The men's gymnastics team dropped its latest duel to the number two ranked Michigan Wolverines. Minnesota is still ranked number 10 themselves and will host a tri-meet against Ohio State and Nebraska this weekend. The women's gymnastics team also lost in their latest competition as the ladies have cooled off slightly from their red-hot start to the season. They'll look to get back on track this weekend as they travel to North Carolina State for a duel. The softball team embarked on a long spring break road trip this week. They begin play on Friday at the UCLA Long Beach Tournament in California. Then later in the week, they will travel to Hawaii for a set of games. They're coming off their best series of the season in Auburn, winning four out of five. The baseball team, on the other hand, is struggling in the early goings of their season, currently sitting at five and eight. Most recently, the boys lost in both North Dakota State and South Dakota State. They are on a four-game losing streak and will look to get back in the win column with a home series against Utah beginning on Friday. That's all for this week. We're off next week for spring break, but we'll be back again in two weeks to give you the weekly rundown on all things Gopher Sports. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and review. See everyone in a couple weeks.